Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Ladies, woohoo, and woohoo, gentle, woohoo, men, woohoo, welcome to woohoo, another woohoo, digital, woohoo, citizen, woohoo, episode 230, pew, 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 hi, Luke. Hi, hi, everybody. We're only four episodes away from 234. 234. That's a good number. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good number. Yeah. So for for new listeners that uh, don't know what the whole ladies and gentlemen thing thing is about, uh, listen to episode 10. (laughs) Okay, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean... that's that's the origin of me doing this intro. <laughs> because I was jokingly like, haha, I'm going to do that every 10th episode. I'm not going to do it that long. And now I've done it <laughs> at least 23 times. <laughs> and I think you did it two weeks ago on accident, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> shh, shh, don't tell them. <laughs> Maybe you'd edit that out, maybe. <laughs> well, we have some uh, breaking news, Luke. Uh, yeah, it looks like we got a Bernie, some kind of Bernie thing happening here in a minute or two. Some kind of uh, campaign update is what we're seeing right after Super Tuesday. We'll get into Super Tuesday and everything else in a second. Uh, it says they're going to go live in 30 seconds, but... Uh, I mean, how how was your week besides everything that happened in the last what seventy two hours, bro? <laughs> well, I've been more more interested in the last seventy two hours than I have been in the last week, to be honest. So, I guess it's been good. Yeah, it's just been a wild, crazy roller coaster in American politics in the last seventy two hours, and uh, everything that happened since. Jeez, uh, New, uh, okay, it just, we just got to the end of the countdown, they haven't started it up yet, uh, but, um, yeah, it's been a crazy, since South Carolina, uh, and then everything that happened afterwards, I guess let's just go into that first story, and hopefully they get, uh, this thing going here pretty soon, we'll know in a second. Uh, sure. Right after North Carolina, which Biden won very handily, uh, it seemed like the entire Democratic establishment decided Joe Biden's our guy now because Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg and Better Work all came out uh, on Monday to back Biden. Uh, Tom Steyer also dropped out of the race on Sunday, but he didn't back Biden. <laughs> Okay. And uh, why do you think that is? I think Steyer, if he's going to back anybody, would back Sanders. I mean, we saw how he seems to 
uh, at least from the debates, he always backed up Sanders and said, uh, I think Bernie is right, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I, I, I have a strange feeling that, because I, I said to you when the results came out, I or before the results came out, I said, I will take my conspiracy hat down because both Amy and Pete is out. Is that to make room for Biden now that we have some seen that he could win in South Carolina? And I think I am going to keep that conspiracy hat on because fuck, he did awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, a lot better than we thought he was going to do. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they wanted to do better. I think if you're watching just mainstream media right now, you think, oh, Biden blew it, blew everybody out of the water. Uh, nobody else has a chance. Uh, Biden's way in the lead. But in reality, once all these, once we'll talk about Super Tuesday in a second, but once it all uh, boils down, it's going to be pretty much a tie, two, two people tie, but we'll talk about that in a second. As far as this mm-hmm. goes, everything that happened before Yesterday, we need to talk about first. So, what did you think about everything that happened with Judge and Klobuchar and everything that happened the night before Super Tuesday? Oh, looks like we're going live. Okay, one second. We'll wait. We'll wait for Bernie to actually come up onto the into this press conference. We're getting a press conference from Bernie. Just waiting for him to come onto the podium. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about? Did you watch the? whole thing, the progression of it, where that night Biden brought out Buttigieg and then he brought out Amy Klobuchar to do the endorsements? Well, yeah, I saw the endorsements, uh, uh, and I, I I thought, like I said, it was clearly to get uh, heat behind, uh, behind him so he could uh, get the results that they were looking for, because... We have said this before, even in our podcast, we have said that they are probably there to keep Bernie away and keep Biden up. And they just proven that by right away when they <laughs> turned out of the election, because uh, before before uh, the, the second to last election, Pete had, uh, had as many votes as Bernie did almost. So there was absolutely no reason for him to get out either. Really? Well, unless he was promised something, which it looks like all three of them were probably promised something by Biden because uh, we know at least Better O'Rourke was because in the speech uh, he said he was going to make Better O'Rourke in charge of handling the gun problem in America. So basically saying I'm putting him in my administration. So my guess is he promised each of these people an administration spot in his, in his cabinet. That way they, that's what, that's, that was the deal that was made. Right. But what really happened, uh, we talked about this in the past, how Pete and Amy have this, have these two separate coalitions of people. And we said at the time, we think that it, we were like, who are voting for these people? And I said, I think it's like one use you actually said. I think the Pete side is the Christian side that's just voting for him because their pastor told him, like that lady who right. found out he was gay after she voted for him. And right. uh, Klobuchar, like you said, has this the Catholic side that are just voting for her because their priest says vote for her. Uh, and those right. people, were they weren't even given a time 
the amount of time to like think of who else they wanted to vote for. It was like no. the night before Super Tuesday, they were told your candidate who you're voting for says vote for this person. They didn't have any time to think about it. This was all strategy on the Democratic establishment's part, right? To not not give the voters time to think about an alternative. They were just told, this is your alternative, go vote for Biden. And that's why, why I said uh, it's probably going to sound like a conspiracy. I don't think it is. <laughs> I, I think it's been proven at... The, like, there were a lot of people before that would say, oh, you crazy Bernie bros, and you think the establishment is all, all out to get you. Well, <laughs> right. I think it's been proven now that the establishment has been all out to get us. I mean, the big thing is, remember we covered the story where it was uh, Obama said, if it looks like Bernie's going to run away with it, he's going to come in and, in, and intervene, right? Right. That's what just happened. Biden, yeah. or, uh, Obama came in, backed Biden. Maybe he didn't say, Obama didn't endorse, but he called up all these people. It's already been proven. It's been articles written about it that he called up Pete Buttigieg and talked to him and said, hey, you know, we got to back Biden. We got we can't let Bernie take over, uh, which it really looked like he was going to sweep everything. And that's what happened on Super Tuesday is that uh, there was this con uh, this effort by the establishment to coalesce behind Biden, like you said. But right before, like they chose to do it the night before. That way, like I said, the voters didn't have any time to think about it. There wasn't anything in between, uh, like a debate or even... Uh, Anything for them to go, oh, uh, I could think about this or that. Uh, so I guess let's get into Super Tuesday since we're still waiting for Bernie and we're looking at an empty podium right now. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Uh, big wins for Biden. Uh, biggest win for Bernie, I guess, is the best breakdown of this. Uh, Bernie winning California, which is the biggest, uh, most yeah. delicate rich state um, with 415 delegates. Uh which is important to this whole thing. Uh, if you look at California, it says 84% reporting, right, Fro? Mm -hmm. But currently only, um, let's say, 275 of the 415 delegates have been appointed around that. So uh, once this all, we got a f like almost 200 more delegates to still be uh, applied in California. And since Bernie is doing so well, he's probably going to get most of those. Uh, right now, Biden is at uh, around 550. And Bernie, this is not right, actually. I saw a whole different number somewhere else. But according to The Guardian, maybe I need to reload. Maybe that's the problem. Oh, yeah, B Bernie at 489, Biden at 555. Uh, that's before all the uh, votes have been counted. By the time this all ends out, or it's going to be more like uh, somewhere around 600-600 in that range, where Biden and Bernie, after all is said and done on Super Tuesday, they're basically going to be tied. One could be up a few, and or the other one could be up a few. It's hard to tell at this point. Uh, mm. What do you think about that? And what did you see in mainstream media saying the opposite, I guess? Uh, yeah, I... I... I find it very interesting how Norwegian news at least covered this because it was like very uh, Biden centric. Uh, well, I mean, you got to give it to Biden. He did like he won the most states, right? Uh, yeah, he out did. of Super Tuesday, 
does that yeah. that doesn't translate to winning the most delegates because when you look at it, 415 delegates in California is almost as much as a lot of these other states combined, right? So if you don't uh, include Texas. So winning California for Bernie is a huge deal, uh, even though Biden won a lot of other a lot of other states, if that makes sense. So when it comes down to it, the delegate math is going to be tied. Uh, what do you think about this going forward? I mean, like we said, uh, all these people dropping out today, just today, this morning, I sent you an article from... Michael Bloomberg has dropped out, and the rumor yep. is he's going to back Biden. What do you think yep. about that? I'm not surprised by that either, because, like we said, he's also an establishment, funny enough, even though the establishment don't think so. If I was Biden, I'd be like, no, I don't, no, I don't want your endorsement. <laughs> Get away from me. That's what I would be doing, but... I, 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 I would do this fucking same movie. I feel I, like I, Bloomberg endorsement would hurt Biden, to be honest. Yeah, don't you? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I totally agree. So I'm totally fine with a... a go ahead, Bloomberg, endorse Biden. Um, up. <laughs> Bernie is up. Okay, here we go. Um, okay. Let me begin by thanking many, many people all across the country uh, who yesterday supported our historic uh, campaign. Uh, we were obviously especially uh, gratified to win in Utah, win in Colorado, uh, win in California, the largest state in the country where there are more delegates. And I am always grateful for the support that I receive here in the state of Vermont. Now, I haven't seen the latest uh, delegate uh, count but my guess is that after California is thrown into the hopper, it's going to be pretty close. So we may be up by a few. Biden may be up by a few. That's what I just said. Uh, I think we mm -hmm. fully, See, listening uh, to us. Basically, neck and neck. <laughs> uh, and I very much look forward to be on a plane tomorrow, uh, going out west uh, and campaigning and doing everything we can to win in Michigan, Washington, Mississippi, North Dakota, Idaho, and Missouri. Um, what this campaign, I think, is increasingly about is which side are you on? Um, our campaign is unprecedented because there has never been a campaign in recent history that has taken on the entire corporate establishment. Yep. And I'm talking about Wall Street. Yep. And I'm talking about the insurance companies and the drug companies and the fossil fuel industry. More or less everybody at DNC is afraid of. Never a campaign in recent history which has taken on the entire political establishment. Also, the establishment which is working frantically uh, to try to defeat us. Yep. And there's not been a campaign, I think, that has been having to deal with the kind of venom we're seeing from some in the corporate media. This campaign has been compared to the coronavirus <laughs> on television. We have been described as the Nazi army marching across France, etc., etc. As we come into the last several months of this campaign. What I hope very much is that what we can focus on is an issue-oriented campaign 
which deals with the concerns of the American people. Uh, as some of you may recall, the last debate that took place really was, I think, insulting to the American people. It was a food yep. fight. Agreed. Who could yell the loudest? That's not what the American people want. They want a serious debate on serious issues. Joe Biden. I love that they bring someone that up. I have known for many years. I like Joe. I think he's a very decent human being. Don't say that. Joe and I have a very different <laughs> voting record. Joe and I have a very different vision for the future of this country. And Joe and I are running very different campaigns. And my hope is that in the coming months, uh, we will be able to debate and discuss uh, the very significant differences uh, that we have. Joe is running a campaign which is obviously heavily supported by the corporate establishment. Uh, at last count, he has received funding from at least 60 billionaires, 60 billionaires. Our campaign has received more campaign contributions from more Americans averaging $18.50 than any campaign in the history of our country uh, at this point in time. So what does it mean when you have a campaign which is funded very significantly by the wealthy and the powerful? Does anyone seriously believe that a president backed by the corporate world is going to bring about the changes in this country nope. that working families and the middle class and lower income people desperately need. Um, we are going to the Midwest. I'll be in Michigan shortly. All right, we can stop it there. Uh, that was just a breaking uh, press conference. Obviously, uh, he's going after Joe Biden because that's his biggest opponent. I mean... I'm not surprised uh, he needed to go after him soon. Uh, it was getting a little too W lobby between them, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, there were multiple ads that got put out today against Biden. I think he also went after the media. They're talking about them calling him not, or us Nazis and uh, calling him the coronavirus. Right. Right. Uh. Yeah, it's very insulting to the people that that uh, likes his agenda and thinks he is a very good person to hear things like that. Uh, yes. Um, speaking of which, uh, did we cover? Uh, are we going to cover? Uh, I didn't even put it on here, but um, Chris Matthews retired from MSNBC. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. Because we because talked about it for the last two weeks. Yeah, he apologized last yeah. week. This week, he uh, came out and just, I guess they decided that he was going to retire because after everything bad he said about Bernie and a few other things he did wrong, uh, it came out that he had sexually harassed a woman who was a guest on his show. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that guy, had they had to get rid of him. But then, you know, being NBC, they, of course... Defended him on his way out, saying how great of a guy he was. <laughs> of course, that is. But uh, talking about YouTube, uh, uh, no, let's finish. We were still doing Super Tuesday. Oh. We we're like right in the middle of Super Tuesday when we were uh, okay. going through this. So, um, where was I? I was talking about uh, right. Okay, oh. actually, we just got another bump uh, in the delegates uh, from somewhere. Now, 
Sanders at 500, Biden at 566, um, making up 20-something delegates just now while we were watching that video on Joe, uh, on Joe Biden, getting closer to that tie we were talking about, uh, and Bernie was talking about in, in, in there. Uh, what's interesting that I was talking to you about last night is now, uh, since Bloomberg's out, there's rumors right now going around that uh, Warren may drop out. Um, what do you think I about mean, it being... She has almost no delegates. She, lo- she got third in her home state. Uh, I know. Yeah. Right? So uh, there is no reason for her to even be in there other than being a spoiler for Bernie. Um, a lot of these places that Joe Biden won, that if you saw in the news, uh, places like Oklahoma, Massachusetts, uh, and a few other places where Joe Biden won... By not huge margins, but, you know, just enough, uh, a lot of it was because uh, Warren was taking the progressive vote from Bernie. Say she had dropped out when Pete and Amy had dropped out, those states could have ended up going to Bernie instead of Biden if she had dropped out at that time. Um, I can understand why Bloomberg didn't drop out. When I mean, when you sink, what did he sink, like $500 million into this campaign? You kind of want to yeah. see it through a little bit, right? Well, he did do an amazingly good in one single place for some freaking reason. I'll tell you why, but he go did. ahead. Yeah, I have absolutely no clue why, but he did very good in the, in America Samoa. Why America Samoa? Apparently, he bought off the... Uh, he was uh, the person who was running the um, whatever the caucus or no the primary. He was on the staff of Bloomberg. Bloomberg also had seven paid uh, political consultants in American Samoa, which is like having seven of them in that little tiny place is really ridiculous. But apparently, he really wanted to win it. But what's interesting about American Samoa is. Tulsi Gabbard got one delegate out of American Samoa, probably because wow. of her Islander heritage, right? Um, and the according to the last uh, debate, the rules of the last debate, uh, you had to at least have one delegate to uh, be in the debate, which means Tulsi could have just qualified to be in the next debate, Fro, as long as they don't try to change the rules to keep her out of it, which I wouldn't be surprised if they do. But think about this. Okay, let's say Warren does drop out today because we're seeing a lot of rumors about that. Uh, Warren drops out. Warren backs Bernie instead of Biden, which she could. She could not back anybody. She could back Bernie. It would be more. It would. It, in my scenario, let's say she drops out today, tomorrow. She backs Bernie. We go into the next debate, and only three people on the stage are Biden, Bernie, and Tulsi. Think about that. <laughs> Biden would just be destroyed. <laughs> that is my scenario where I go when I everybody goes, oh, that. when everybody goes, oh, it's over for Bernie. Biden's got it's it's all wrapped up. If that happens, if we have a, sta- a debate stage with Tulsi, Biden, and Bernie, Biden is done. I mean, 
the other thing about everybody getting behind Joe Biden, are we all forgetting that this is the guy who called a guy like a voter fat multiple times? He can barely speak. He forgets like his own name. He forgets what state he's in. You know what I mean? Like this is not he's going to lose the Trump. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. So is the goal here to let Trump win? Because if their plan is to have Trump win, then they're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah, no, they should pick. They should pick Biden if if they want uh, Trump to win. Like, uh, we're going to we 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 can call that right now. Like, I have no fucking problem saying that I will pay anybody that's willing to bet against me a hundred fucking bucks on that. That if Biden wins the nomination, he loses Trump. Right. Yeah. Although I, have no I problem saying, saying that. I will vote for Biden if he, if he becomes the nominee. I still don't think he'll win. Why? Why? Uh, I don't... Biden is not Bloomberg, right? I guess if, let's say, Biden picked Bloomberg as his VP, then I'm not voting for him. Uh, okay. Let me ask you this, then. What is the difference between you voting for him and not voting for Hillary? Well, this time... It seems like there's a bit more at stake as far as um, if Trump gets in for his last term, like last time it was his first term. So any president in their first term has to worry about re-election in four years. When you're in your second term, you don't have to worry about re-election because the president can only be president for two terms. So you just can do whatever you want without any consequence because you're not worried about how people perceive you. So having Trump in there for a second term is way worse than a first term. Does that make sense, bro? I guess so. I mean, me voting for Biden doesn't matter anyways because uh, I I don't live in a state that's really going to go... It's not going to be a big split where I live anyways. I don't live in a swing state or anything like that, so... I, I'm, 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 I'm only saying that if you're doing it from conscious reasons, like the conscience is trying to tell you, I would say it was a better bet to vote on on Hillary than it is for Biden. I don't know what that means. I mean that it I would I have would have better reasons for uh, voting for for her than him. I think he has done more worse things than she has. I would probably say it was a toss up between the two of them. Uh but we don't. That's not really a point we need to get into today, I guess. Right. No, I'm, 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 I'm saying you, you do what you fucking want with your world. You live in America. I don't. But, but, uh, but I, I'm just saying that I find that a little weird. I like if it depends. I mean, if he picks a bad VP, I'm not going to vote for him. And if there's a good, let's say somebody I really like goes over and decides to run in a different party, I would vote for them. But it would have to be somebody I really like and really respect and really uh, follow their views and everything like that. Um, I believe in their stance on things. But if there isn't anybody else, I'm not voting for Trump. So what? 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 You know what I mean? I, and I've got to vote. Sure. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, you don't have much. Who's the candidates for? The small parties. I don't know yet. Yeah, that's what, that's just it. Like, right now, I'm not even worried about it. Like, this is the thing. 
that everybody's like, oh, well, Bernie's done. No, he's not. <laughs> like I just said, there's seriously still a huge chance Biden could fall off. Just think about all the sh crazy shit Biden's done up until now. But he's gotten away with it mostly because it was a huge field of candidates to cover the news to cover, right? But now when it's just two, basically two candidates that they're focusing on, it means every weird little thing that Biden does, every mistake he makes up on stage, every time he forgets the Pledge of or was it the Pledge of Allegiance he forgot uh, this week? Uh, he couldn't remember Star Spangled Banner or something like that this week. Uh, every time he does that, it's magnified more because there's only two candidates left in the race. Does that make sense? So the further we go down here, the worse Biden's going to look. Of course, the mainstream media is going to keep trying to make him look good, and that's what he's counting on. So, hmm. I guess so. I mean, the real takeaway from all of this, the last 72 hours for Bernie Sanders supporters should be, we were right in the sense that, uh, when everybody said the establishment isn't trying... You're paranoid the establishment isn't uh, just all up against you. It isn't like all these corporations and every bit of the Democratic Party is not trying to uh, take you guys out. Well, it's pretty clear now they were and are. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think <laughs> I think this is a, a victory. I, I, that's also because it gets me a little even more pissed that that uh, that people are like really thinking about Biden as a as a as a thing. <coughs> steal this again. It feels like it's trying to steal it again from from. Well, another uh, thing we should point out here is uh, Bernie is going to do a lot better on the West Coast than in the South. Which let's see, Alabama, Arkansas, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia were a bunch of these states that he lost, those are not progressive states anyways, right? I wouldn't think that, uh, there was, Bernie wasn't ever, like, really gonna do great in those states to begin with, because it's Tennessee, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm not super surprised by those, but once we get, start getting Washington State, Oregon, uh, Montana, well, maybe not Montana, uh, New Mexico, places on the West Coast, uh, Bernie's going to start racking up delegates there. But really what it comes down to is once these two have a pretty equal delegate lead going out of this, it's going to be a two-person race, and we'll see where it goes from there. It's going to be a whole whole new ball game, uh, you know, uh, going into ne the next debate and the next uh, primaries. Yeah, it will be very interesting. Uh, hey, YouTube uh, is not a public uh, forum with uh, granted free speech. I will go into this. Uh, the case involved, uh, uh, because that this is uh, according to a U.S. court that has ruled, the case involved uh, right-wing channel uh, PragerU, never heard of that, which argued YouTube was infringing its rights by censoring its conservative views. But the judges uh, decided that the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment did not apply to YouTube, a private company. The landmark ruling by the U.S. Uh, judges could affect future cases involving freedom of speech online. The decision by you know, the San Francisco Ninth Circuit uh, Appeals Court rejected the conservative news outlet claims that uh, YouTube and had breached the First Amendment by censoring its content. Uh, 
Prager Yu uh, said it were, uh, was still not done fighting for free speech. And Pio uh, got this wrong. He got this one wrong. I could not agree. More. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with PragerU. I've seen commercials on YouTube. They do, like, campaign commercials, but they're not for, like, Trump. They're... I saw one that was just, like, a anti-socialist thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're very anti-Bernie and everything else. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be allowed to talk. Um, this goes back to the whole uh, Alex Jones free speech should... Should there be some kind of uh, laws as far as free speech that go to things like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, where right now the whole idea is it's a company, they have a right to censor whoever they want, uh, should we make some kind of laws in this country or in or other countries to maintain some kind of free speech online? What do you think? I, I think they should be uh, forced into... Uh, being a uh, uh, open forum, I think I think YouTube is too big to deny people the freedom of speech. I don't think it's a company cho choice anymore. And we have said this before. I I support the freedom of speech bigger than I can uh, support uh, a company's um, uh, what should I call it? Uh, uh, agenda. It says here the court decided to, on a straightforward application of the First Amendment and dismissed the appeal despite YouTube's uh, oh, despite YouTube and its role as a public facing platforms, it remains a private forum, not a public forum the court said. So yeah that's, the court just sees it as it doesn't see it as a public forum, which I think it should be considered like the public square where you should be able to say, you should be able to speak to the people, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. It just goes back to what we were saying about the Alex Jones thing. As soon as you start, like, I don't like PragerU. I hate those commercials when they did come on YouTube, when, I, when I'd be watching it on my phone or something where I don't have ad block. Uh, but... As soon as you start censoring them, the next thing you can do is start censoring somebody who's trying to put out a pro-Bernie ad or a pro-Biden ad or whatever, whoever you, you're you personally backing, you know what I mean? As soon as they are going to censor one side, it gives them the ability to censor the other side, and you can go, oh, they won't do it. Well, we've seen them do it. We've covered it on the show multiple times, so. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I, I like I I I have uh, I think I've seen one of their their videos when I'm thinking about it and I didn't in, enjoy it especially. <laughs> yeah, the stuff they say is really stupid. It's just right. it's like uh, it's it is like <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones, Jones? Le level yeah, um, drivel kind of drudge report kind of just bullshit. Um, actually, YouTube commercials for some reason I I was. I was, what was I watching? I don't remember. Some YouTube video. And it goes to the commercial. And it was an entire episode, 45-minute episode of a TV show from NBC that was in a commercial on a video I was watching on YouTube. Is that weird? Oh, the that Extraordinary is. Playlist of Somebody. <laughs> that was the show. 
very weird. Yeah, they cut to the commercial, and I look at the... Because they have the runtime of the commercial, right? And it says 45 minutes, and it opens up, like, the start of the show, and I'm like, oh my god, this is an entire episode of a show in the commercials on YouTube. This is so weird. (sighs) Coronavirus outbreak in the United States. First death reported this week uh, in America, in Washington State. Um now is up to nine deaths from coronavirus in the United States. Yeah, we have had uh, one. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't even hear about it. Yeah, we have had... uh, uh, It was a lady from uh, uh, China that had a... a, um, uh, I think she was Chinese. And she came back to Norway when Ah. she got something like that. I see. Died here. Uh, It says all the deaths have occurred in Washington State. Most were residents of a nursing home in suburban Seattle. Uh, The number of cases in the U.S. overall. Oh, the cases in the U.S. overall. I thought it was right. Uh, Climbed to 100, scattering at least 14 states with 27 of them within Washington State. Uh, the nation's capital officials moved uh, on a number of fronts. The Federal Reserve announced a biggest interest rate cut in over a decade to try to fend off damage to the U.S. economy. That, how is that something that's going to help people? Uh, also, the Food and Drug Administration moved to ease shortages of face masks by giving health workers the okay to use an industrial type of respirator mask designed to protect construction workers from dust and debris. Uh, so yeah, the, the government's trying to do things, but there's a lot of people saying they're not going far enough, uh, Mm. as far as the United States government, uh, especially since it's, I think Pence is the one that's in charge of all this, people not very much trusting the guy who doesn't, uh, who, who believes there's a, a big guy in sandals living on a cloud somewhere, right? I, I, I just I just find it interesting. That's all. I'm, uh, I went to the grocery store this week, uh, and that was a Monday at 11 a.m., and it was right. fucking packed. Like, it was like... Fourth <laughs> Were th- people, like, harvesting? What do you mean? The food and, and water and things like that? Not harvesting. You're thinking... Uh, well, yeah, they're just, people were buying up just tons of food. Uh, I guess in Washington State, state it's even worse, but I'm pretty far away from Washington State where I'm at. But uh, people are just going out and buying up uh, water and toilet paper and canned foods and things like this because uh, I'm not really sure. I guess their idea is they're going to stay in their house and that's going to keep them away from people who have coronavirus, I guess it's an idea, but I was thinking, like, isn't going to the grocery store where there's, like, 300 people, isn't that a worse idea than just having having toilet paper, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's much yeah. more risky and uh, chance to get coronavirus, so. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very, it's a epidemic that uh, will not quit uh, uh, soon. So, just be careful, everybody. Like we said before, it is only really, really bad for 
eld- super elderly. That's why it happened in this old folks home. And then really young people or people with immunity uh, diseases, problems with their immune, immune system and things like that. But that's still not good. Yeah, no, wash your hands, everybody. It's very important to keep good eye hygiene right now. Uh, Netanyahu's future is uh, still uncertain after Israeli election. Uh, there was an Israeli uh, election, I guess. I did not know this. Uh, but Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's political future remained up in the air uh, Tuesday as preliminary results and exit polls from Israel's third election in under a year indicated that the embeddled leader uh, would fall short of securing the parliament majority needed to form a new government. Uh, <laughs> this is pretty big news because that, over the weekend they were saying he had definitely won, and then it right, came out, yeah. oh, he may not have won. The he needs to find some somebody to create a majority majority government, and it's looking like he's not going to be able to, which I see as a good thing. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I see that as a good thing as well because especially when I uh, if I uh, take with this Netanyahu is set on. Uh, go to trial on corruption charges in two weeks. <laughs> right, we had and, covered uh, that in the past, yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he claimed uh, exit for uh, victory in the exit polls. I, I think this is just very good. Uh, with 93% of the votes uh, counted, preliminary official results showed that the uh, Lik- Likud and its religious and national allies had uh, 59% of the uh, 120 seats in the parliament, two seats short of the hope for majority. So it's not very, it's not very far from getting majority. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, is another party going to want to join up with them when he's Uh-oh. literally under investigation and going to trial in a couple of weeks? I'm surprised people voted for this guy. They're like, oh yeah, he seems... Okay, I, I don't see a problem with voting for the guy who could possibly go to jail in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, that's 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 kind of why I I said it. It is very bad to have a leader of a country that's kind of like, oh, oh, we're going to elect him. Oh, he's going to jail. Woohoo! Yeah, maybe they're just voting for the party. They maybe they don't care so much about him. They just want to vote for that specific party. I don't. I'm not sure exactly how people in Israel feel about it, but but I know how people who had iPhones feel about this. Remember Battery Gate? I, we talked. I swear we talked about this in the past. I don't remember anything about Battery Gate. This was the whole thing where. People online were saying that their iPhone was being slowed down because they had like a generation, you know, two generations behind iPhone, and for some reason their uh, operating system was slow, was being slowed down, and people were complaining about it. And Apple was saying, "We're definitely not slowing down anybody's iPhone. That's definitely not happening. Stop being conspiracy theorists." Well, uh, if your iPhone was slowed down by Apple, you might be able to get a piece of a five hundred million dollar settlement. Apple has agreed to pay between three, 
310 million to 500 million to settle a class action litigation stemming from iPhone battery dispute that became known as BatteryGate. Court filings show uh, that if the settlement is approved, owners affected uh, of affected iPhones that had been throttled or, or slowed slowed down will receive twenty five dollars each for a phone for the phones they owned. That's, uh, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> that's not a very good. I, I guess there's a lot of people who have those kind of iPhones because if you split five hundred million dollars and each of them gets twenty five bucks, that's like a lot of people getting twenty five bucks. Eligible. Sorry. It's nothing. If I if I bought one and I got twenty five dollars, I wouldn't be satisfied at all. No, especially, I mean, this is a phone that is from forever ago. Like, if it happened, like, right when you had the phone, and maybe you could use it to buy uh, a new phone or something like that, sure, maybe, but 25 bucks for a, like, getting a $25 gift certificate for a $2,000 iPhone really doesn't cut into the cost all that much. Uh, eligible customers under the proposed settlement are current... For current and former U.S. owners of iPhone 6, 6 Plus, 6S, 6S Plus, uh, SE devices, and any devices running iOS 10.2.1 or later, or iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. So if you have one of those and you think maybe you had it had been starting to slow down since they started coming out with the new phones, you could get $25. And I don't know. Go buy a... Meal at Applebee's or something? I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Hey, hey, look, are you a Carf Brooks fan? No. Uh, supposedly, he's oh. the greatest showman on earth. Uh, like, I one time when I was working in the movie theater, they we we had like a special, it, like got streamed over through the digital system at the theater of a Gar- Garth Brooks concert in the movie theater, and. Believe it or not, the entire movie theater was packed. So I know people really do like Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. I think he's awesome. But I'm just I not am, a fan I'm... of that type of country. Like, I guess you call oh. it like pop country or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I no, it, it, he likes football, uh, and uh, one of the things he likes is uh, having a jersey on. Uh, with Barry Sanders' name, um, Barry Sanders is a footballer, as I um, to understand it. I think he played uh, multiple sports. Actually, I think Barry Sanders also played baseball. Okay. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, why um, why are fans so angry that he likes Barry Sanders? Uh, confused fans uh, get mad at Garth Brooks for wearing Sanders jersey. Leave it to the internet to interpret Garth Brooks wearing a Barry Sanders jersey, sorry, jersey during a concert in Detroit as a political endorsement of a certain liberal candidate. Uh, more than 70,000 fa- 70, fans who attended the country music star's show at Force Field understood what it was, a tribute to the greatest NFL uh, running back in Detroit Lions uh, history. Brooks told the audience that he Don Sanders' number 20 jersey to pay homage to him since they both went to Oklahoma State University. After the show, Brooks posted a photo on social media of himself wearing the jersey, which said 
Sanders, 20, emboldened on the back, and that is where the trouble started. See, his the his football number was 20, okay? <laughs> Annoyed fans uh, ripped into Brooks in the comments section under the photo, believing he was endorsing Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh... I had no idea you were a big freaking liberal socialist. I've listened to your songs for the last time, one person wrote on Twitter. Others pointed out the apparent confusion over Brooks' post or made fun of those who read it uh, or read too much into it. Um, How much did KFC pay you to wear this, a commentator wrote, referring to another famous uh, Sanders, the Colonel. Right. Right. Colonel Sanders. Right, yeah. it, like it could have just, yeah. ju- it put in just as yeah. much Colonel Sanders as whatever. Yeah. What, but we're in such a crazy political crime, climate right now, the people just see the name Sanders and they just go crazy. That's why, that's why Sarah Huckabee Sanders really was fired from her job in the White House. Right, yeah, they just didn't like the yeah. name. Uh I mean, it does just show you, like, how incredibly, I don't know, brainwashed everybody is right now by, like, the mainstream media and everything else. Yeah, uh, talking about somebody that I didn't think was that brainwashed, but maybe he's showing his brainwashed side this week. Let's uh, listen to Trump telling the truth. Hello, this is Tron Pencil Truth, and I have not got the coronavirus yet. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about Super Tuesday either. Because if this gonna, election going to go the way I think, I think Joe Biden will win. I will think Joe Biden will win because America is too conservative and high on their self. You see, a lot of people said that the right created Donald Trump. No, they didn't. America created Donald Trump. Donald Trump is only possible in the United States. Well, some other dictator in the country too. But I don't think it's going to be a very big change. Because it never is. I don't have to see one president in the United States history who start bombing other people or interfering in their business. It's not like we, we European countries have be free to criticize the United States. Because they're not. If we do, we got some threats and we have to go back in the leash again. That's how it works. When you see the world in the United States, even if they're Republican or Democrat, you only see it through your eyes. You don't see uh, how we're getting treated, how we've been we <laughs> acting. When I meet Americans in Norway, they are very strange. Even the liberal or demo, conservative, they only ask, have you been to the United States? Do you, why, <laughs> why should you fucking ask that question? If I was in your wedding, wouldn't it be very strange if I asked you, did you like my wedding? That's how we treat. We, you are the top of the hill, and we just have to admire you. I don't really give a shit. I, but I saw Sanders as a better candidate than anyone else. Because he's, because he's too for something different. He was taking on the system and saying that we have to be critical. We have to stop the imperialism. But I don't... Maybe I don't know that all the imperialism would stop. I think we're still going to have soldiers all around the world. You will still interfere in other people's business. And nothing will going to change. When Obama comes to power, I hope it doesn't change. But Guantanamo still stands. People get bombed. Drones get used to kill people all over the world. I don't have hope anymore. 
because I don't have hope and truth to in, in the American people. When Biden says people don't want a revolution, they want evolution, he was right, because that's how Americans really want. They don't want to change. Because when things happen to them, things are ten times worse than happen to anyone else. That's how fucking life is. We are not we we just act like you're prostitute. When you ask us if you have a big dick, we said, Yeah, you have a big dick. And you go home and tell everybody else, like, yeah, we won. They're telling us how big and great we are. But when we have our other discussions, talk between each other, we know what the truth is. I hope Sanders will. But same time, I don't think it's going to happen. Because I don't think there are so many progressives in the United States. I don't think the progressives will not go out and vote anyway. They will, not go, they will not fight because they want people, a person, a leader to fall in love with. Yes, they cannot vote and do anything because before they find a mighty man or woman who can stand there like a fucking George Washington and fight for like this. I have no hope for the United States before this election. Maybe in the end of the year, I have changed my mind. I hope I can change my mind. And I hope all the good people I see running campaign all, all over the United States can help me change your mind. But it's up to you. If you fuck up once again and not are willing to do the change that's needed, I'm just giving up on you. Like I had done for the last 20 years. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a good election. That was uh, Trum telling the truth. What did you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't listen to our analysis yet. He probably has just been listening to mainstream media and hearing them say, oh, Biden's winning, big comeback by Biden, Biden's... But, you know, being basically tied is not a, a big, like, o- overtaking of him. So we're just starting a new race, uh, starting a new... It, now it's going to be a one-on-one race, where before it's been like, you know, eight people battling out uh, for different votes and things like that, or six people at least. Um, and now, for going on from this, it's going to be a two-person race, and those are going to be the only people that are really going to be battling for delegates, I think. Don't you? I, I agree. And so it's going to change the whole dynamic of the race. Like, even... With this Super Tuesday thing, a lot of people still voted for Buttigieg and Klobuchar because of early voting. Uh, they dropped out literally the day before, so people had already voted for them like for weeks uh, for you know early voting ballots. So after this is when we're really going to get into the two-person race. It's going to change the whole dynamic of the percentages in different states and everything else. Uh, we're seeing something right here. From Bernie Sanders, I guess after we went away from the press conference, he was taking questions. Bernie Sanders said about Elizabeth Warren that they spoke on the phone a few hours ago. And what Senator Warren told me is that she's assessing her campaign and she has not made any decisions yet. It is important for all of us, certainly me, who knows Elizabeth Warren for many, many years, to respect the time and the space that she needs to make that decision. Uh, so he, he has been speaking to Elizabeth Warren about her dropping out. Uh... Do you think she'll uh, support Sanders if she drops out? Uh, I would hope so. I would hope she doesn't back Biden. I mean, if she has conscience, she will. Uh, I would say if she's politically savvy, she would. Because if she backs Biden, it's going to make her look like such a just 
backstabbing uh, person. You know what I mean? That people yep. are, are yep. going to see her as a backstabber for a really long time, which I don't know if they already do or not after everything she has done to Bernie up until now. I mean, it is politics. When we look at the the whole thing of them, uh, Judge and Klobuchar dropping out to uh, back Biden, which is hilarious. You watch the speeches and they're just like, Joe Biden's got this, he's got that, he's the greatest. But like just two weeks ago or a week ago at the debate, they were saying how terrible he was. It's funny to see politicians just turn around on a dime. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. They uh, don't. But that, that's that's uh, what you get when you when you. That's politics. It's politics. It's all a game, and we know it's all a game. Like, uh, it's when they really cheat, like in 2016, with everything that came out with WikiLeaks. That was really cheating. What they did with uh, with Buttigieg and Klobuchar is just political strategy from the establishment. And we all knew that Ber- they, they didn't like Bernie to begin with. And we knew eventually they were all going to coalesce. And it's just, this is the time it happened. Uh, and we got to move forward, forward and fight harder to get Bernie into the White House. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, look, have you seen anything on TV this week? I am going to ask you right after I tell you to follow us on Twitter at PodcastADC. That's at PodcastADC. You can get a hold of us on our email address. Our email address is anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. Uh, it's another digital citizen on Facebook. But look, we are a member of a network. Tell me about it. Uh, the Pod All the Na- Time Network. That's Pod All the Time PM or at Pod All the Time PM PN on Twitter. Uh, go check them out. They help us out, and there's a whole lot of other podcasts on there, including the History of a Haunting podcast. A uh, historical and paranormal podcast hosted by Carrie and Archie. Uh, so it's about, you know, haunted houses and they go through the history of different hauntings and things like that. I like that kind of stuff. I will give them a listen. Cool. But now I can tell, ask you, have you seen anything on TV this week? Uh, I did. Let's see. I guess I'll start with Breeders. It was on... I believe it was on FX, I want to say. Yes, yes. Uh, did you see this? Yes. Uh, with what? What's his name? Martin Martin Freeman. Uh, Freeman, yes. He's, the, he's one of the... One of the Hobbits, right? Or is he? was he the Hobbit? Yes, yes. he was the Hobbit. He was the Hobbit, right, okay. In the, in the, in the Hobbit. Uh, it's about a guy who has children... And, he, you know, he's a very middle-class, middle, middle-aged guy, middle-class, very average, with two kids and a wife. Um, but he hates his kids. And it kind of goes into the history of, like, before he had kids and how happy he was, and then after he had kids and how miserable he is now, and everything in between, kind of. Uh, it was okay. What did you think of it? I liked it. I, I, it's, 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 it's kind of... Kind of funny. I, I I I liked it probably more than you did, probably because you you said it was okay. I I think it's better than. I might have been I... just throwing you off uh, to let you say whatever you want without influencing your opinion. Who knows? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I gave it a eight out of ten. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I'm going to see where it goes from here. I think some people might feel uncomfortable with this if they, let's say, it was a person who had a history of uh, p- their parent being abusive. Maybe don't watch this because uh, you it could make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, but those parts are kind of funny for me. I really like the part where the t- the the recycling guys show up at the door and they're like, "Hey, man, do you have a problem?" <laughs> because he's got so many booze bottles in his recycling. Uh, overall, I'd give it a seven five. I think it could go up in the future episodes. Uh, very British sense of humor, we should say. Very British yeah. show. Um, so you have to like that dry sense of humor, which I did. Uh, 7.5, I thought it was f- pretty good. There were certain jokes that didn't land for me, but everything else was very funny. Yeah, so we are pretty close since I gave it an eight. Huh? Right, okay, yeah. yeah. What'd you see this week? Um, I watched uh, Netflix, uh, Altered uh, Carbon Season 2. Uh, I was a very big fan of Altered Carbon Season 1. Uh uh, I don't know if you liked it or not. I barely it? remember if I liked it or not. I think I was like middle of the road for me because I saw it, at least like that's how I feel now. I don't remember how I felt then, but when I saw season two had come out, I was like, not really interested. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't like something I just had to see because I saw season one. So, right. Uh, I have to admit that I had to watch season one again because I remembered. Is about season one, so uh, you. I was kind of in the same place, but that I actually liked it more now that I watched it again uh, with season two as well. So I think I think I think if you like season one, okayish enough, you you will even like uh, season two better uh, because I think season two is actually better than season one. Uh, and I give it a seven and a half. Okay. Uh, anything else you saw? Uh, yes. I also saw, uh, uh, I'm not, uh, okay with this on Netflix. I saw this. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me what you thought about it first? Uh, do you remember the, the movie Juno? Yeah. It's Juno with Superpowers is the show. That's the name of the show, I think. It's called Juno with Superpowers. (laughs) Um, I'm very happy that you say that because it reminded me extremely of Juno. I don't know what it is, but it seemed like somebody was like, okay, we have these two groups of people. We want to appeal to uh, millennial feminists, but we also want to appeal to people who like superhero shows. So let's make uh, Juno with, with Superpowers. And that's what happened. I did not like this show. I'm going to be completely honest. I saw it was the uh, same br- uh, brains that made uh, uh, the awesome other Netflix show uh, that I don't remember right now. Um, what is it called again? The other supernatural Netflix show. You got me. There. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, where where they uh, are in the sixties? Uh, not important. Right. Okay. Uh, 
everybody's screaming to their devices right now that I can't remember it. But but uh, no, I did not like this. I I found it extremely boring and tight, to be honest with you. And uh, I I think I gave it a four. Okay, uh, I thought it had potential. Let's see, how many episodes did you see? I watched uh, three. I th- yeah, I watched three as well. Um, right. It so when it ended, was it the for- forest scene? Was that where you stopped? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like that interests me in the sense that the very first episode, the very beginning of, or actually the very beginning of each episode, you see like a clip from what I assume is the last episode, right? Yes. Where she's running down the street and the cops are chasing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, in her night- nightgown, uh, covered in blood. Uh, I would assume that that's like where the story's going and that's just a flash of the future. So that makes me go, oh, I kind of want to see what happens to cause this, you know? Other other than that, the intrigue is not 100% there. Uh, it feels very, what's a good word for it? Pandering in a sense, like, uh, oh, this is how all teenage girls are kind of thing when it's, you know, clearly not every teenage girl is exactly the same. Um, overall, I thought it was, I thought it was better than you did. I I give it a 4.5. That's not, (laughs) that's not super much better. No, I think the other people. I think a millennial female or a millennial woman, something like that, would like this better than we would. So, yeah, maybe. What else did you watch this week? Uh, I just have one more thing. So, if you've got anything else, oh, okay. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I saw another Netflix thing. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, it's called the Gabriel uh, Fernandez case. Um, this is a documentary on Netflix, and it is ten episodes or eight. Uh, I thought it was extremely hard to watch. I don't. It's six episodes. Uh, I don't especially recommend it to anybody, even though I think it's very good. I think it's on the same line as like. Surviving R. Kelly or another like very hard to watch documentary. It's very hard for me to watch people uh, being cruel to kids, especially. Um, but I I give it an eight, but I don't recommend it for anybody. <laughs> That's a little weird, but okay. I'm not sure how yeah. that works, but sure. I I mean it's it's a good documentary, but it's about the subject matter that. I, I didn't really want to see. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's a documentary, but it doesn't matter if if I didn't want to watch uh, what was going on. And the last thing that I watched this week, uh, other than the thing that we we both watched, was something I had to link to Luke because I didn't believe it was a thing. It's called Jocelyn's Cabaret, and this is uh, with Jocelyn's Cabaret. is one of the women from uh, uh, Love and Hip Hop that's coming back to uh, make a new television show. And it is extremely, extremely mean uh, because it's extremely, extremely bad. But I have to give it a two. (coughs) Okay. 
anything else, or are we going on to the last thing? Last thing! Oh, actually, okay, something just... Ha- uh, Bernie or Bus 2020 is trending number one in the United States on Twitter right now. Uh, cool. Yep. Uh, it says here, a reporter asked Bernie what his response to was Bloomberg... At- was to Bloomberg dropping out and backing Biden. Bernie's response, uh, now Joe has 61 billionaires backing him. <laughs> <laughs> so so he did uh, back Biden? That's what it's looking like, yep. Oh. Okay. I don't know if I would like that endorsement, to be honest. <laughs> right, exactly. I, but he probably likes the money, I think is the idea. Uh, yeah, the last thing we saw... Um, on AMC, uh, oh, which they wait, they do some good stuff. They are the people who do uh, what do you call it? Walking Breaking Dead, Bra- Breaking yeah, Bad, but... things like that. Yeah. Uh, even though Walking Dead is basically is the Walking Dead of TV shows at this point, uh, we saw dispatches from elsewhere, uh, starring <laughs> Jason Siegel. Yes, and Sally know. Field. Is actually in it, and it took right. me a while to realize it. But that the guy who's like the really smart guy, you know who that is? No, it's Andre three thousand from Outcast, the really? rap group. Yeah, yeah. I I was looking at him, going, God, is that Andre three thousand? But the way he's dressed and he has a different uh, fa- facial hair and he's cut, uh, he's got a hat on all the time. But yeah, it's that guy, the guy who's the really smart guy in their group. Uh, who gets in the trunk of the car in episode two? That's Andre three thousand. I was like, holy crap! But this, I don't, I don't really know how to explain this show because it is so out there, weird, and I fucking loved it. I mean, it starts I, out being like in the first episode. We can go into like what the first part of it's about, and then you don't have to go in because it's hard to explain after that. But a guy. <laughs> who's had, who has just a very incredibly normal, you know, go to work, come home, right. have dinner, go to sleep, wake up, have breakfast, go to work, repeat uh, every day kind of life. Uh, who he he doesn't feel like he's being fulfilled. Finds this pamphlet on a telephone post, and he calls up the number, and everything goes crazy from there. I guess. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's a better description than than I would give. Uh, I, it is, like I said, it is extremely weird. It reminds me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, kind of. Okay. Uh, I I wouldn't. Re- I mean, I guess I can see where you're going with it, but so far, I don't even know what I would compare it to. So. No, because it's it's very unconventional. That's a very good word for it. Yeah, definitely. But I don't mind it. I, I just think it's extremely weird and extremely fun. Yeah, this is a show. This is a Luke show. This is like right up my alley. It's I like the weird, yeah, I mean, I the weird, but also very intriguing. Uh, yeah. it, it's like every episode you're like, oh, I want to see what happens next. Um, yeah. That's the kind of show I really like, and this one is definitely that. And the acting's good. Uh, the story's yeah. good. I didn't know Andre 3000 was even an actor, but he is pretty decent. Right. Yeah. And and uh, uh, the woman, uh, 
lead in this is also freaking amazing. I have never ever heard, seen her before. I think I've seen her in something before, but I, I couldn't I can't really place it. Okay, yeah, no, she's just amazing. But yeah, no, I gave this uh, two first episodes nine. What did I give it? Uh, eight point five. Yep. I mean, this has potential to move up definitely, or it could move down really, really fast because it's one of those shows that could just fall off a cliff or be really yep. good at the end. You know what I mean? Uh, I have an inside question for you. Who is the bad guys? <laughs> I think they're all the same person. I, I also think they are. Okay, all... <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just liked it. Eurovision time! Oh my god, uh... I figured out where we've seen her before. Oh. She was both in Mr. Robot, like, in multiple episodes, uh, and also, uh, Outsiders. She was, uh, Frida in Outsiders. Ah, she was Frida. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's very good. Oh, uh, yeah. But Eurovision time. Luke? Eurovision. We have, uh, two countries this week. Uh, just, uh, to the listeners... Uh, from next week, we'll do three uh, Eurovision uh, songs a week, because then we will actually have done every fucking Eurovision song in, in the Eurovision this year. So we, we're ramping it up from next uh, from next week on. So let's do Poland first, I guess, uh, because uh, that was uh, the live performance by the woman. What did you think about Poland? Uh, I, I thought it was really good. It was... I thought the lighting could have been better. Is that weird? It was too bright the whole time. Yeah. They needed a little more mood lighting for the song, which was a very uh, m- melodic uh, female vocal type song. Uh, felt very standard Eurovision. I thought the lighting could have been better. Um... Her outfit, I thought she was going to fall out of it, and then I realized partway through that that whole thing in the front was just, like, skin-colored, not actually... Color, yeah. yeah. Um, I had the same feeling, because I was like, oh my god, is she going to flash us? Oh, please tell me she's not going to flash us. And I was like, oh, it's it's, it's a part of her, her thing. It didn't really did look like totally the same color of her skin. I don't know how they did. Well, yeah. maybe they matched the skin to the outfit. I don't know. But like with makeup, you know what I mean? Um, overall, I thought it was a very, fairly good song. Not amazing. Not terrible. Uh, I'd probably give this one, I don't know, uh, 3.5. Okay. Her name is Alicia Shemblemka. And the song is Empires, by the way. Uh, I hated that the lyrics was in the background. I was like, I got very disturbed by that. Uh, well, it was just when she was uh, speaking Polish, right? Because there were other parts where she was speaking English, and it wasn't in the background. Everything was in English. Oh, no, the beginning part wasn't in English. The very first opening part wasn't in English. Oh, okay. But and that's when, was... that's when they were running the English subtitles, 
And I think, like, partway through, she also did a part, and they ran the subtitles, but it was only when it... I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I'd have... Maybe I have to go watch it again. Okay. But, uh, anyway, uh, I liked it. Uh, I mean, it's it's very Eurovision-y. Uh, it gets a little minus for the ending, because she can keep the high notes at the end. Um, I didn't even notice but, that. Okay. Uh, but it's get, get, getting a 6.5 out of me. So, it's up there. Uh, but uh, then we need to talk about the UK, because they did uh, something they usually don't do. They have done shows lately, and they did an internal thing this uh, this year. This year they went to a record uh, label and said, do you have any good singers and a song that we can use for Eurovision? <laughs> Weird, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That is more or less what they did. Uh, so what did you think about the UK? It did not feel like a UK song. That's what I no. felt. I felt like it was, I don't even know, like a Icelandic song maybe from the music video especially. Um, didn't it feel just not British to you? Uh, no. Uh, I I agree to, to that. It felt kind of American. Oh, you uh, thought it felt American. See, I thought it felt like uh, upper upper European. Somewhere up, like, I don't know, Netherlands or somewhere where they would have saunas is what I felt like. Oh, yeah, but I think that's the music video that does that for you, though. <sighs> yeah, maybe it, maybe it was just the music video. Because uh, the music video is very, like, uh, naked man running out in the round in the sun. In the snow, in, right? <laughs> oh, um, and I, it was clearly not filmed in England. That's for fucking sure. But but uh, yeah, I could see Finland or something like that from the music video. But the music itself, I didn't find especially un-British. I I thought it was more more American than than English. But I I liked it. I I I I I think I liked it. Uh, more than I I was thinking I was going to be uh, because they usually don't do good when they do internal selections and I I hate it when when usually when countries do that but this time I I think uh, they hit it out of the park to be honest with you this is one of my favorite songs this year really I I don't know yeah. I thought it was pretty generic. I give it a two. Yeah, no, I give it a nine. I really, really like it. I see it as a dark horse for real. I think its voice is amazing, and I, I think uh, uh, the message is amazing, and I think the lyrics are so amazing. My my guess is his voice is not as good live, uh, and yeah, the song never had really any uh, big high points either. It was pretty flat all the way through, so yeah, I just thought pretty generic. We agree to disagree. That's what we do on the show. <laughs> would be weird if we agreed on everything. Yeah, that would, that would kind of be dumb. It would be a really boring show, I think, if we agreed on every single thing. <laughs> Luke and Fro agrees. That's the new show title. That would be freaking boring. Uh, talking about something that has not been boring this week. I have been looking into something called Fiat Lux, 
that I thought was the car before we looked into this, or you told me last week. Because it sounds like a car, doesn't it? Well, a Fiat isn't a Fiat. A Fiat is, but I don't know if a Fiat right. Lux is like a type of Fiat. <laughs> I wouldn't right. be surprised if it actually is, right? It sounds like a luxury version of a Fiat. That's what I, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look it up. I mean, when you look up Fiat Lux, it just lo- Fiat luxury vehicles is what it comes up with. So. <laughs> See, I'm not crazy. Nope. Yeah, but uh, what is Fiat Lux? Look. Oh right, sorry. Uh, I was all looking. <laughs> there's the there's the Fiat 500L luxury vehicle. I was just checking that out. Uh, Fiat Lux is. A neo-revelationist UFO religion whose members are primarily located in the Black Forest of Germany. So what is neo-revelationism? Neo-revelationism is a term for beliefs of religious groups, especially Christian or Christianity divined, who claim direct revelations beyond claims of divinity or divine inspiration associated with the Christian Bible, but the term is also applicable uh, relative to multiple different faiths. Mm-hmm. So neo-revelationists, it just means that they received revelations from somebody, right? Yeah. So, but what is this religion all about? Well, that's the type of religion it is, is neo-revelationist. Uh, it's about UFOs, like I just said. Yeah. UFOs, and I, when I was looking through this, because I, I knew absolutely nothing about this, I, I think the most in, interesting thing is Erika Hedwert Boxinger Eike, say that ten times fast, uh, tell me a little about her, and the history of Fiat Lux. Uh, the religious order, religious order of Fiat Lux was founded in 1980 by Swiss-born Erika, like you said, Hedwig Borschnum, uh, uh, who adopted the name Uriel <laughs> as a spiritual leader and trance medium. Uh, according to the members, uh, she received divine messages from Jesus Christ, as well as, well as Mary, mother of Jesus. Uh, the fiat, uh, fiat lux means, by the way, let there be light in Latin. I should mention that. The group also believes the apocalypse is coming. The apocalypse. And that alien ships will arrive to evacuate adherence following, oh, followed by the transformation of Earth into a new paradise called Amora. Uh, according to her, the end of the world was due to arrive in 1998 but has since been postponed due to the immense praying energies of the faithful. Of course! The praying energies, yeah. uh, Yeah, it reminds me when when the Jehovah's Witness were uh, wrong about 1969 or whatever it was, and they were like, oh, Jesus decided to come invisible! (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, It has been estimated that the movement contains an inner circle of approximately 135 members, in addition to 800 dedicated followers and 2,000 
sympathizer uh, the is reportedly follow a, a monotheistic lifestyle including scheduled uh, prayer times the wearing of white uh, ceremonial robes and adherent to strict vegetarian diet so I guess that's okay but they are vegans I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds good to me as far as, like, whenever we cover these uh, crazy UFO religions, it's always like there's, like, all this crazy shit, and then at the base of it, it's always like uh, they're always vegans who live out on the land and grow their own food and uh, don't use, you know, uh, public power so that they're not burning coal. It's like there's always something at the base of it that's really, really good, right? Right. Like, at, with every UFO religion or any kind of really crazy cult, there's always at the base, this, there's this thing that attracts the people who are the actual members of the cult. It's the beginning where they're like, oh, I really, uh, it's really nice to be able to be a vegetarian, and I feel so much better about myself and how I feel in the world. Uh, and then, but then they get sucked into the whole other part of the religion. Uh, I think it's just... It's a running thing that I see through all these crazy cults that we cover on the show. It is <laughs> It is definitely a running thing. I think I, I think that um, what, what do you say? It, it, it is uh, the premise of all the weird religions that we cover on the show. There's always some base base thing that's like attracts <laughs> people. That's a good. That's good. You know, like anti-war or th- you know this or that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this leader, she's a cracker, isn't she? Uh, yeah, she's a little bit out there. Uh, let's go check out uh, the... I'm not really sure what the hell this website is. Do you know? No, I, 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 I've tried to find their homepage. They don't, have... Yeah, they don't have one of those. Right, and I, we, we have tried to find anything uh <laughs> there's not a lot of information about this r- group out there to be honest right. uh but we did find this page that i can't even go into what it is but if you just look up fiat lux ufo religion uh you'll find a page that starts like www.user g dot g w d g dot d e so that's denmark right d e no that's uh germany oh it's germany Oh, that makes sense. Right, okay. Uh, uh, Fiat Lux is a small religious community in Germany's uh, southern Black Forest, which uh, centers in Ichbach and Strittmatt uh, near Waldschut. Uh, the com- community perceives itself as a religious order which was founded in the 1980s by Jesus Christ through his speaking tube, <laughs> through his speaking tube, Uriel. Despite the rather small size of the inner circle of the 135 full-time members, or roughly 800 followers and sympathizers, <coughs> Fiat Lux has become a relatively well-known NRM, I'm not sure what that is, in Germany today, mainly because of some media attention during previous years uh, concerning toll or tax avoidance and sale of spiritual medication medicaments and fluids that were uh, that they alleged had healing powers uh, the charisma charismatic leader is in the hands of like I said Erica 
You want to say the name this time? <laughs> I guess I'll just call her U- Uriel. That's easier. Uh, yeah. Uriel, yeah. who is the primary medium for the privileged uh, information and revelation from the heavenly reigns. In 1970, the former secretary and uh, interpreter uh, became involved with spiritual healing and nat- and a natural cure, claiming to be endowed with divine gifts like clairvoyance, remote hearing, and similar paranormal f- uh, faculties. She presents herself as God's sole channel, full trance medium, and speaking tube uh, for today, receiving her uh, her messages directly from Jesus, but also sometimes Mary. I mean, it's it's. I found it extremely interesting uh, that she has been this uh, charismatic. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Uh, I no, not really. Well, she has to be. Uh, it said that the uh, charismatic leadership uh, is in the, her hands. Uh, uh, so it means that she has to be very charismatic. And I find that very surprising. Like I, I looked her up on YouTube and things okay. like that. I didn't, I didn't see anything special about her. I guess. Well, she just charismatic. Just means uh, when you're around somebody, they they have a lot of charisma. So I, I, you're not going to be able to look up somebody's charisma uh, if that's what you're talking about. I'm not really sure. I guess so. Yeah, no, you can't see that maybe over a YouTube video. I guess. No, you'd have to be. Well, I mean, you could if it was like her interacting with somebody else, but uh, n- yeah, not really without really being with a person and like. I think charisma is more of like a an in-person thing, you know, when you really meet somebody. But I don't know. I guess so. But uh, but then again, I I have seen many films of Hitler, and I understand why people follow him because he's very charismatic. So do you understand what I mean? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, you got to also remember this is Germany, and char- charisma yeah. in Germany is a <laughs> whole different thing. <laughs> She's sitting there in the forest, yeah. Uh, this face is synchronistic and apocalyptic in, in its outlook. Uh, it includes many assumptions which are typical for uh, comp- contemporary esoteric UFO- UFOologies. Wow, say that a hundred times fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Humanity is now living in the end times. Part of the Earth is going to be destroyed by huge tidal waves, asteroids, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes and a terrible world war, including Nazi UFOs currently hidden in the Antarctic, which I, we covered that, remember? When we did um, yep. Hollow Earth Hollow Earth Theory, yep. Nazis yep. found the, the Hollow Earth in Antarctica, right? Yep, yep. So I guess they believe in Hollow Earth Theory as well. They just don't kind of, mm-hmm. they don't really talk about it here. I just made that right. connection, but uh, only one-third of humanity will survive this great tribulation during the three dark days, but... Benevolent interplanetary beings under the command of Jesus Christ will help to have... Can you just see, like, there's, like, a whole thing of fleet of ships, and they're all, like, uh, spaceships, like Star Wars, going up, like, coming towards Earth, and in the very front ship, in, like, the captain's seat is Jesus in his robes and his sandals. It's just... How is that... uh, That's such a funny visual to me. I don't know why. Uh... 
Where was I? Uh, oh, the benevolent interplanetary beings will be under the command of Jesus Christ and will help evacuate the chosen few in a small in small spherical spaceships descending from giant uh, spherical motherships. Uh, this evacuation will last three weeks in a spiritual awakening and purification of the earthly souls will take place on the motherships. The earth is going to be transformed into a new uh, paradise called Amora with the return of ancient sunken continents, mild climate, and new fauna in Florida. The millennial era of peace... Uh, Harmony and unity are all creation. Uh, uh, with all creation is going to follow on Amora. Christ will return. Maria will reign. Yin and Yang will be at balance. There will be visible contact <laughs> with angels and other spiritual <laughs> beings. Creative uh, powers will prevail. New energies and solely green technologies will be employed. Yay! Solely green technologies. Yeah, like the green. New Apparently, AOC. Yeah. Is uh is Uriel mm -hmm. with the Green New Deal? Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you think about all that? <laughs> <laughs> I I love this religion. I I have had so much fun with re reading this, and it's like I love the thing where 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 they talk about this giant spiral motherships, and 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 also like surviving because again again with the the comparison to Jehovah's Witness that also believes that 144,000 will only be the people that goes to heaven like it's always a little like it's us or them thing in the inside a, a cult or a religion like this it's like either you're with us or you're not going to survive I think the best part in this whole thing is Jesus uh, uh, heading a giant group of space traveling uh, right. uh, saviors in these giant space. Do you ever see uh, the Mel Brooks movie, History of the World Part 1? Uh, it's a long time since I've seen it, yeah. Right at the end of that movie, they have like a fake commercial. It's like, coming soon uh, uh, to a theater near you, and it's a fake movie commercial for a movie called Jews in Space and they're flying around in like spaceships that look like the Star of David fighting each other. Have you you remember that? No, I don't remember that. It's been years since I see yeah, it. Go watch that movie again because that's a great movie. Uh, but it just makes me think of that like Jesus in like a giant spaceship that looks like the Star of David just flying around or like in a giant cross that's like flying around in space. It makes me laugh. So much, so much, and the whole idea here is they're taking the idea of revelations and the end of times from the Bible, right? Mm. Including the Jesus coming back, you know, same thing, except they're just adding that. Oh, by the way, Jesus is an alien. You know what I mean? Which we've discussed before. Yeah, uh, and 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 we have had that as a main topic, haven't we? I don't think We're so. I don't remember us having it as a topic, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, but we have definitely talked about it before. I remember we had that one guy on who was, like, the expert in whether Jesus was real or not, right? Yeah. And that was the, my last question in that interview was, uh, well, what if Jesus was an alien? And we went in to talk to him about it. I remember that. <laughs> 
That's so long ago. I, I can't remember. I am so impressed by your fucking memory sometimes. I just it's remember amazing. the dumb shit. I can't, like, I, if I met somebody yesterday, I wouldn't remember their name, but I just, I remember that, right? Uh... Uh, continuing on this, originally the final fa- phase was announced to commence back in 98, like we said, but the uh, in the course of this year, Uriel revealed that due to the immense prayer energies, God has granted us te- temporary postponement uh, and a time of grace. It might as well be that Uriel will pronounce other concrete deadlines later, stressing the apocalyptic tension again. The other options would be that the... Um, millenarian events are increasingly spiritualized or deferred and some uh and some of the orders current publications seem to indicate this until today however the religious theory and practice is mainly devoted to a world and society renouncing strategies of religious coping which mediates new meaning of participants lives lives by focusing solely on the imminent golden age foretold by a charismatic leader, and on the purification of the soul within a supportive enclave of the chosen few. Jeez, ah, ah, Louise. I don't even know what I just said, but I said it. Oh. That is... I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed by your reading uh, abilities as well, as you memory sometimes. <laughs> well, so yeah, I actually, I've read this whole thing like three times, so uh, I'm yeah. kind of remembering some of the stuff I read earlier, but uh, yeah, the whole thing is very crazy and doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make any sense no. to you? No, n- not at all. And and about this uh, final phase that was in 1998, do you remember anything about that? <laughs> Ninety-nine-eight. Well, we're not German, so maybe it was bigger in Germany, but no, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, four years after the 94 Olympics. No. I, I, I think what they're saying here when they say, uh, devoted to a world and society renouncing strategy of religious coping, which mediates a new meaning of a participant's life by focusing solely on the imminent golden age, I think what they're saying here is... Uh, you can't just use religion to cope with life and act like everything's okay when it's not. It's like mm-hmm. they're they're saying, don't use this religion as a coping mechanism like other people do with other religions, which, that's an interesting concept, to be honest. It, it, it is very interesting, and I, I find... <laughs> I mean, I find this whole religion freaking fascinating. I, 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 the more I look into it, the more interested I, I got, to be honest. But uh, do you want me to go into the article uh, we have from swiftinfo.check? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think like, the beginning parts we already kind of went through, so go to like paragraph three. Yep. Uh, paragraph three. Uh, she was equally successful, that one. Yep. Uh, unsuccessful in predicting legal woes, fines, and convictions. In 2000, a court ordered uh, her to retire more than $60,000 to former... 600000 yep. uh, To a former member who claimed that she had been duped into handing over money 
because uh, Aurella had warned members that they would die in a apocalypse if they refused. Of course she did. Uh, Uriel, well-known in German-speaking Switzerland, but little known outside it, already had a criminal record dating back to 94 when she was fined a bunch of money for breaching medicine uh, legalization. Oh, right, because we were talking, or we read just a second ago that they were giving out, uh, you know, snake oil cures that didn't really work. Uh, in 1998, the German court gave her 22 months suspended jail sentence uh, and a fine for smuggling medicine, fraud, and tax evasion, according to the Swiss news agency. Fiat Lux today only has a few members, the news agency added. Uh... So how many are left? I tried to find numbers uh, for this religion right now, and I could not find anything. Yeah, I did. I because there's not a website. There's no like. Well, let's see. Yeah, no, I I found nothing on it uh, currently. We have like the what it was when it was like the as big as it was. You know what I mean? But we don't have the current numbers or if it really even exists, which I'm assuming it does. Uh, Uriel died uh, in Z Zurich, Switzerland. Oh, oh, she died February twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. Um, at the age of ninety is what I'm seeing. A convicted fundraiser, a fraudster, found the Fiat Lux sect, uh, which in the nineties counted around seven hundred members or seven to eight hundred members, right? So it was never really that big. I mean, even when you go back here, it says uh, that it was a very small inner group, inner circle of approximately 135 members with additional followers outside those core group of small 135 members. And then within that 135 members, they had the one main leader. So I assume some of those members are probably still around, right? Uh, yeah, if it, if they all haven't died out, uh, out of being old. Yeah, who knows? Or if they had kids and then passed the religion on or whatnot, yeah. Movie round, Luke. Have you seen the movie this week? I only saw one movie, so why don't you start? I only saw one movie as well. Oh, okay. I well, then thought... I saw Joker. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's a okay. it's a mo little independent film that came out last year that yeah, nobody heard of. Um, yeah, wasn't in any newspapers like before it came out or after it came out or after the Oscars or anything like that. Uh, I really liked it. I, I was super entertained. I was happy to see it kind of after all of the hype and everything else because um, I felt like. I would have gone into it with a whole different mindset than if I would have gone into it now, as opposed to if I saw it in like, I don't know, uh, December or something like that. Um, I, I don't know what you thought was bad about it again. What, what did you think was bad about it? Uh, the plot. Uh, what part of the plot? Every fucking thing, especially the Batman stuff. Okay, so what I think you're you were missing is that there's a very American centric ideas happening here about uh, 
class and um, uh, different things as far as societal issues within America that maybe you didn't uh, you didn't connect with because you're not an American. And those were essential to understand those to the plot line. Does that make sense? Mm. So I can yeah. now I understand why maybe you didn't get it as uh, and where uh, Americans might have gotten it more because the whole concept here is the idea of the the left out and the downtrodden in American society, right? Um, and that is the whole point of the plot. So if you didn't really grasp that, that I can understand why why you wouldn't like it. I guess I gave it a nine. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, I I haven't heard anybody else say this, but this is just this is a prequel to the uh, first Batman film, that nineteen eighty seven. It's a prequel yeah, to yeah. that film because it directly follow like it directly is before it. The end of this movie directly is the first part of that movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I just like I I. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like, I, I just don't think you understood the connotations of the societal woes of American life because you're Norwegian. So I understand why you didn't yeah, understand yeah. that part. Yeah. But uh, for, for me, it was bad as a, a cinematic experience as well. Like, I, 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 I said uh, at the point, I said that I think... Uh, I think Joking Phoenix is uh, the best thing in a bad bad movie. I think his his acting is on like I I said that he deserved Oscars, uh, and I do think so. Uh, but I I just think that he was a very good acting job in a very bad movie. Yeah, I get that, but yeah, I think you were wrong. It's a good movie. I think if you understood what I just said. Uh, you would see it the same way I do, and a lot of other people do. But you're Norwegian, so you're you're not going to get those little things that make the whole movie what it is. So I need to see it again, then maybe. I think you would have to I... like live in America for two years and then watch it to get a different perspective. But sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe. Uh, yeah, no, I saw a Netflix uh, movie, uh, Days with Blue Skies, it's called. Uh, it's uh, with Ali Fanning, uh, Justice Smith, and Luke Wilson. It's a teenager uh, movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I can't rem remember the last time I saw a teenage movie... And I fell so in love with the characters. And I am very excited for you to watch this movie. Because it's, it's definitely not up your alley. And it's with <laughs> Key and Michael Key as well. And it's, it's very like, I shouldn't like this. And it isn't for me. It isn't written for me. And I'm not supposed to like it. What's it about? It's about these two teenagers that that um, uh, 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 struggles with with, uh, with with things with problems and 
they they uh, go on a journey to uh, uh, Indiana. Uh, and Who goes so- on a journey to Indiana of all places? Uh, not Chicago, uh, not New York, not <laughs> L.A. Indiana. Okay, sure. Uh, what would you give it? I, I I'm going to blow somebody's fucking mind right now, but I give it a nine point five. What was it called again? Days with Blue Skies. Okay, on Netflix. Everybody uh, check it out. All the bright places. It's called. Sorry, all the bright places. <laughs> oh, so a completely different title. Okay. Uh, because it's in Norwegian, it's called Days with Blue Sky. Ah. Ah. Yeah, that, that'll mess with you every time, those Norwegian uh, Norwegian titles. Um, let's see, what's next? Yeah, I think we have a little trailer trailer, I think, maybe. Because we're going to listen to the other trailer for the Invisible Man. It's the Invisible Man. He's all over you. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia. I really, really enjoy her. It's far from perfect. I thought Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, I've heard that this, uh, a lot of people were super impressed by this, even though it doesn't... Like, the trailer looks super generic, but for some reason people were pretty impressed. Yeah, I have heard reviews of this movie, and nobody has said anything bad about it to me, personally. Which is good for Bloomhouse, because the last movie we covered that was Bloomhouse did what? It had like 7% or something crazy? Yeah, yeah it was very bad, uh, at least. But, I mean, when you I, put out a movie, like, every other week, I guess you're going to have some hits and some misses. I'm scared. Mm. Seems like Bloomhouse puts out so many movies. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. Uh-oh, it's Logan Paul. Logan Paul is the invisible man. Invisible man, yes. That's a funny joke. No, this is absolutely on my list of uh, horror movies. I want to see this in. Especially after I read all the uh, good reviews. I have a pile of ashes in the box. And you know, I'm a sucker for horror movies, so. Only thing more brilliant. Have you seen the original? Of this movie? Yeah, the, the original Invisible Man. Adrian's true genius. I saw the one that's not called Invisible Man. I'm not. From like 2000. I think it had Kevin Bacon in it. You're saying the person trying to. Oh, yeah, no, I meant. Uh, um... He's in the room right now. But we can't see him. What was it called? Maybe it was that? Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! Yeah, I think you're thinking of the Kevin Bacon movie, I think, but I could be wrong. Okay. The Kevin Bacon movie was pretty bad. That's all I remember. Yeah. That was the shit movie, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I remember of it, is that it was pretty terrible. 
But uh, look, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? The Invisible Man, after staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his, uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into her own hands and fight back. Uh, 7.6 oh. out of 10 on IMDb, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70% on Metacritic, and 89% of Google users liked it. I think I really, really need to say this. Hey, we talk talk about the Google users all the time, but we never talk about that they actually leave uh, reviews behind. So I went into the Google users' uh, reviews this time, and and I looked there because I I was like, you know, they are always disagreeing with 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 the, the numbers that we usually tell. So Mo say Mo C sorry uh, said five stars uh, out of five, an utter masterpiece. Very rarely to a horror movie of this caliber to come along. This instantly uh, go down as a modern uh, horror classic. No cheap jump scares, no unnecessary gore, no cringy decisions <laughs> that rattled your head. The plot is so sharp and self-reflective. Elizabeth Moss' performance is outstanding. There's a scene in the movie that made me uh, made the theater of a hundred let out an audible gasp and stare with the mouth uh, uh, agape for the next minute. The concept, direction, acting, script, complexly, themes, ending. It's all masterfully done. If you miss this film, it's like missing The Exorcist or The Shining when they were first uh, released. Phenomenal. All right, I went to the Facebook as usual. Um, let's see, where should I start? I guess I'll start in the middle. Uh, I liked it. I would give it four stars, but I have my opinion on why I didn't give it a full five stars. Uh... It's missing one key thing that would make it a five-star rating, says Don Benton. Uh, Shannon, or Sharon Badgerow says, uh, this was already done in 2000. It was called Hollow Man. Uh, come on, Hollow Ho Man. Come on, yes. come on, Hollywood. Do something original already. Uh, Renee Sam says, finally, the thriller movie that keeps you guessing. Never a dull moment. Great job, Elizabeth Moss. It moves right along and gave me... Uh, gave me some shivers. Uh, Marissa Condoro says, just watched it. Horrible is an understatement. And of course we had to uh, pay to watch it in XD. <coughs> and finally, Vincent LaParque says, the very f uh, this first very really good surprise movie the, of this year. What an excellent thriller we get, uh, we get there. What are you waiting for? Just run to the big screen, uh, this, that's a piece of pure art, is what he says. Mm. So, mixed review on the Facebook, to be honest. Yeah, I found a one star on, on, uh, uh Google, uh, from Alejandro Hernandez. The plot with such potential, uh, foiled by, uh, I idiotic production. So, you have a very rich man, probably a millionaire, billionaire, that is a master manipulator, but gets stepped uh, by an older uh, looking woman 
who happens to be obsessed uh, because he failed to check on the invisible suit he left on this genius invisible suit rack, then, then he dies, but only leaves that girl five million uh, when the whole house alone is worth at least 50 million and not one in one lump sum either. So dumb. Plot needs to be realistic to draw me in. Yes, the invisible suit is realistic, which uh, is why the uh, movie had so much potential. There are so many other examples of dumb scenes, but I'm not going to cover it all. Not worth it. All right, some other movies that came out last weekend. Uh, in Practical Jokers, the movie um, is a 2020 American reality com- comedy film uh, based on true TV television series in Practical Jokers. The film stars uh, Brian uh, Quinn, James Murray, and Sal, Vo- Sal Volcano and Joe Gatto. Okay, so it's just based yeah. off of like the TV show in Practical Jokers. Except it's a movie yes. version. Yes. And I love the TV version of Impractical Jokers. 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 79% on Fandango, and 93% of Google users liked it. So, like, it's covering the whole spectrum of good to bad there. Right. Yeah. Uh, another movie that came out was uh, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. I have no clue what this is. Do you have any clue? Have you watched anything? My Hero Academia? I'm pretty sure it's like a anime. Or... Yes, it is. But have you watched it? No. Any... No. no. Deku and the rest of the heroes of uh, Class A1 must save a group of Icelanders from a powerful villain. Uh, this has nobody that you know. <laughs> and is directed by nobody you know. Uh, 98% on Fandango, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 98% of Google users like this movie. Okay. Woo! So, go to oddballtrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's oddballtrial.com slash another digital citizen. Hey, next week, we will cover news of the week. We're going to do, do, uh, try to guess what we cover in the news at the end. We will offer have a main topic of uh, Edgar Casey. Who's Edgar Casey? Look, well, we tried to cover him once, but then uh, it got all screwed up with the whole thing uh, of the Oscars and the Ra- the Razzies being postponed and right. everything. <laughs> but Edgar Casey is like a clairvoyant, like a uh, a Notre Dame type uh, situation where he saw saw the future and pr- made predictions. So we're gonna cover that guy. We will do three Eurovision songs, and I can already tell you that we're going to cover one of the favorites next week. Ooh, that's a little teaser, isn't it? Sure, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Another digital review of. Onward? What? Isn't that an animated movie? I want to say that. Say that. Right? I have no idea, actually. <laughs> I think Onward is is this animated movie from. 
I think it's uh, maybe it is uh, uh, Sony. I think so. I have a strange feeling it's an uh, animated movie. Anyway. So, have you seen anything on the YouTubes lately? I really don't have anything super extra to talk about for the Jeremy round. I don't know about you. Not really. It's been pretty quiet this week. Uh, just been busy with other things. Yeah, totally. It's just been, really everything that's happened it was all like um, the American election and everything else. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much the American election thing. I mean, I, I think I think it's it's not super weird that we are very uh, obviously centered and focused on the, the election. It would be very 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 weird if we weren't. Especially after but this uh, week and the last whatever seventy two hours or a little more than that at this point. Definitely, but we watched a pay per view this week. That was a fun little thing we watched. Yeah, we watched AEW. Well, I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, well, we watched the AEW pay per view. It was good. Right. Yeah. Very good tag team match. One of the best I have ever seen. Actually. I heard Dave Meltzer say it was the best tag team match he'd ever seen, ever. Which, from yeah. Dave Meltzer, that's pretty big. I loved it. And uh, you can check out my review of, of that show on that wrestling show uh, that I do with Bill. Where we talk more about it. It was a good paper. And uh, this weekend, we're going to have an elimination chamber. Are you at least interested? Uh, I haven't really been watching WWE, but I'll watch it uh, just to see what happens, I guess. Right. It's Sunday, and, and what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, if I'm busy, I yeah. might not, but other than that, I'll be there. Yeah. Okay, you want to guess three things we're going to talk about next week? Uh, well, definitely something about we're going to say whether Warren drops out or doesn't drop out. That's a, a, not even a guess. Uh, I, I got nothing else. You got anything? A haunted fan we're going to talk about. Okay. Haunted fan. How chinchilla are, are the, the cure to cancer. And how deodorant is actually harmful for you? Okay, I think mm-hmm. people. I think actually deodorant already. I think it's been proven it is harmful for you. But whatever. Really? Well, especially okay. for women, who sh- if you shave your armpits, uh, it's bad because it like gets into your pores if you have shaved armpits. More for women than men, I think. Well, unless you're a man who shaves his armpits. If you're a swimmer, or you just like shaved armpits, I guess. Right. I don't shave there. Uh, okay, I think that's... <laughs> I think that's everything we have this week. Not you. Yep. Yep. My name is Fro, and I'm from Norway. My name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. 